Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Andy Dirks. Andy is the head bowling coach for Mount Mercy University. Andy Timberg and Coach Casey of Klempkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome. Well, let's begin with some what, what has to be rather exciting news that you were named to be one of the assistant coaches for Team USA. So talk about that and the process of, of how the how came about and, you know, really what what you've been doing to prepare for that and how, you, how you're going to help the teams out. Uh, well, how it came about was uh, there was a, an open application for the head coach at Junior Team USA posted. Um, I kind of kidded with my wife, to be honest, about applying for that, and she said, go for it. And, of course, I thought it was kind of a pipe dream. Um, truth is, I was honored to be selected as a finalist to even go interview for the position. And uh, while we were there, they kind of explained their vision of the program and that while they were hiring for a head coach position, that they would also select assistant coaches down the road from that. And as you all know, Brian O'Keefe was selected as the head coach. And um, a couple months later, I was called and, and offered an assistant coach position. So very humbled and thankful for the opportunity. Uh, I hope I can not only learn a lot from the great cast that's around me, but also contribute uh, some things from my background. So I guess my preparation is, has been through a lifelong love of bowling and love of learning and love of science. And um, I, I hope I can bring that passion to the table and and um, contribute a lot to, to representing the Stars and Stripes in the best sport in the world. Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a pretty cool honor. That's pretty neat. And, and like you had mentioned there, you are going to be you know, surrounded with a lot of great knowledge on the coaching side. And then as far as the talent on the player side, too. You know, so uh, what do you, what do you, how do you approach working with uh, you know, the, the very you know, highly skilled top of the you know, uh, the most skilled players in the world, basically, um, working with them as compared with maybe somebody who's just, you know, trying to learn the sport or doesn't maybe understand equipment or understand lane play yet? Well, I think there's different challenges coaching different levels of player. Uh, the easy part of working with a beginning or an intermediate level player is that you can make improvements in their scoring and performance faster. So sometimes the results are seen more quickly. But with a, a highly advanced player, we're dealing with smaller incremental changes in a game that might just help that uh, overall consistency. I think one of the best ways that I've ever heard an analogy of the difference between good, great, and elite players is simply the length of time between their bad shots. So mm. I kind of take it from that. You know, you've, you almost look find the bad shots and how often they occur and and then go back and figure out in the beginning what's causing that. What, what could we do to change that? Sometimes it's a fit thing. Sometimes it's a new re release technique. Sometimes it's simply um, a start or um, how they finish or how they see the lane. How are they lined up? So I think there's, there's different subtle changes depending. Uh, you know, when you get in a higher level, you're doing smaller changes, and the, the results are seen more gradually. But I think more often you see them with just consistency. Do they perform at a high level more often? 
Um, do they have less low games? Um, do they have to grind less often? Those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So speaking of working with bowlers at a high level, you were with the, you know, you were the staff coach and manager with the International Art of Bowling, and you worked a lot with Jason Belmonte. So talk about that, and what's um, what's kind of something you can say as far as Jason and working with him, and even watching his game, how you're able to take that and help, you know, relay that to other two-handed bowlers that you may have helped coach, because that's that's the new, th- you know, the thing that people are not the new thing anymore, but it's it's really a. a you know, from coaches we've talked in the past, it's a it's it's the same technique at the at the finish, but getting there is a little different. So, talk about how you've been able to take your experience with Jason to relay that to coaching. Well, one of the things that we did a lot with Jason and and Ron Hoppy and myself and Deandra and a lot of our downtime, we spent kind of looking at two handed games and his game and sort of figuring out why his worked. And I actually worked with them. I don't know if you remember, he used to kick his leg way up in the air behind him. And, and when USBC even initially started the two-handed chapter, if you will, in the bronze training manual and silver training manuals, they even mm-hmm. talked about the kick higher. Well, after 2012-ish, uh, Jason changed that through a lot of prompting from Deandra, honestly, to keep that, lo- that back leg lower and anchor him. And if you just look at his performances since then – how much more consistent he's been, how much more he's finished since. Um, I, I mean, obviously, Jason works as hard as anybody I know. I don't think a lot of people know how, how much time he puts in um, outside of his competition to make his game better and how dedicated he is to nothing's going to beat me. That's just his attitude. People used to say he couldn't play on short, and you watch his evolution from his finishes on short patterns until all the way making the show this year on Wolf in a pretty short period mm-hmm. of time. So I think that dedication is and sharing the amount of dedication that a top-level athlete has and those personal experiences will help me relay that to those top-level athletes. Um, he didn't get there easily. He's still evolving and changing his game and, and working really hard at it. So I think it was really beneficial to opening my eyes to how hard those top-level athletes still work and still change their game even when they're already one of the best in the world. Do you do you have any two-handed players on your team, either the men's or women's side? Uh, on the men's side, yes, we have three. Three, wow. Yeah. And and and, and what's what's it like coaching them? In the past, um, I think one of the unique things. I think it's about all bowlers, but one of the things that I have a challenge with with some two-handers is a lot of them want to be want to bowl just like Jason Belmonte. So mm-hmm. they they view his game and and they want to mold that so um what i try to help them do is yes there's some things in his game you definitely want to take and then some fundamentals are are phenomenal but at some level every elite athlete's going to have kind of their own signature on a style and they need to allow themselves to be themselves a little bit too um take some of the fundamentals and, and take some of those key components that seem to work really well but um you can't paint yourself with the same exact brush you've got different leg lengths different arm lengths different tempos everybody has their own internal personal drum beat and all those things have to be taken into account when developing a game that's a that's a good point i was just watching you know they have the big tournament right now uh, going on in germany in munich there one of the world world bowling tour events you know is going on there and actually they got some great live streaming coverage of that uh, but i was just watching uh, and noticing oscu palerma 
and you know one of you know he and Jason really were kind of the pioneers of you know this two-handed bowling uh, kind of revolution and and they have very very different uh j- just as you mentioned right very different uh, tempos and timing and body position and foot speed and all that stuff yeah incredibly different and then you look at the Wesley Lowe and the Jesper Svensson and and they're even uh, a large variance then and and Chris Via and yeah. there's just so many different different styles of two-handed bowling and and I think the really great ones embrace their style and embrace who they are but still focus on certain fundamentals um, and again all that matters is where we are at the foul line and can we repeat our shots and and create the ball motion that we're looking for through the pins so how do you go about um getting to the recruiting side of things at mount mercy you know you guys right there in iowa right in the you know center center part of the united states you got nebraska out there you got wichita state you got some big dogs around you how are you and what are you what are you focusing on when you go out there and you're looking to recruit uh athletes uh for your team well i look for um attitude character body language and competitions those are some keys that i really look for interaction with their parents coaches if they're there um, are really important to me in building a team um, but honestly for for us it's let people know we're here is step one um, we're a small school in Cedar Rapids Iowa and we've only been in college bowling for this is our seventh season we've had two nationals births already but um, but we're still you know building a legacy and kind of our own brand and and getting that name out there is probably the challenge number one and then uh, trying to get really top-level athletes that migrate, you know, they're going to, you can't blame them, they're going to want to migrate to those Nebraskas and Wichita States and um, some of these schools that have had storied histories. Um, but getting some of those top-level athletes to take a chance and see see our vision for the future and, and hopefully take a chance on building a legacy here um, and their own identity, I think, is, is one of my big goals. So the the Lady Mustangs qualifying for the intercollegiate team championships next month in in Baton Rouge is that part of this you know cr- creating the the name and the and the legacy and the the image for the program? Oh, absolutely! It can't hurt. I mean, I, I our ladies have had a, a fairly successful last several years. Uh, they've been fifth, sixth, and fifth the previous three in sectionals and and just mm-hmm. barely out. Last year was a 33-pin heartbreaker in the very last match, or mm. very last four-game Baker set to to uh, almost punch our ticket. Um, but they've had some good finishes. They were ranked 14th in the country last year at the end of the season. Um, you know, right up there in the top three of several tier ones, and so they've had a lot of success. But this definitely um, gets you on the map a little bit for sure. Um, makes recruits look at us a little bit differently and know know that we're doing the right things to put ourselves in position um, each and every week. So taking your background, you're, you've done, you know, done a lot of ball drilling as well, and, and you're very, you're, you're tech, you mentioned science in, in, in one of your first answers, so you, you sound to me like one of those guys who, who is, can be very technical if you, if you need to be with people. Um, but talk about how much you try to explain to that to, to these college kids before it gets too much and you can see their head kind of exploding, um, is that on a case-by-case basis? Or really, how much do you want the bowlers to understand regarding you know core and, and design of the ball and, and surface and layouts and all that stuff? I think that very much depends on individual athletes. Um, some athletes need that information. They really need the why. Um, and I think that it's a good quality. I, 
I like knowing the why. The reason I am passionate about coaching and the reason I became a coach is understanding the why, um, how the human body works, uh, biomechanics, and then tying that into um, ball technology and and release techniques and all all the things that we can do to change ball motion. Um, but there are certain athletes that uh, thrive better on uh, do this and <laughs> just let them go do it. Um, and and they're they're better that way. Sometimes when they start thinking too deeply. Um, about what specific angle their balls might be drilled at or what their exact pin to PAP distance is on this particular piece, they can sort of suffer from paralysis by analysis, if you will, mm-hmm. where they, they overthink and 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 kind of uh, get in their own way a little bit. But it kind of depends on the athlete very much. Some do better if they really know their equipment, really understand what's going on and, and set up that sequence. I think everybody needs some pretty good general knowledge of what where balls line up in shapes that they make on the lane and distances more importantly distance um but you can you have to dial it up and dial it down based on the student you're working with and you can tell pretty quickly when you're working with somebody if you're going to hit the snooze button or <laughs> or if you're <laughs> engaging them in in healthy learning you talked a little bit earlier too about you know the the uh, you know attitude uh, of the bowlers on you know when you see somebody on the lanes and what kind of an attitude do you like to see? Do you like to see like that kind of Pete Weber type of attitude on the lanes that's real fiery and competitive and aggressive, or are you looking for somebody that's maybe a little bit more calm and subdued and controlled, or what are you looking for? I I actually don't mind. Um, I, I think Pete Weber gets a bad rap. I think he's just incredibly driven um, and really just has to win and i think that's a trait that is sometimes really hard to teach Mm. um so so yeah i'm looking for a little bit of that i don't necessarily it doesn't have to be as outward as he is but it it depends on the person but i'm looking for a strong desire to win you can tell if people are there and they're all in every shot or whether something goes bad and they get complacent um and look like they're aloof and don't care because they've got a bad game going so um you know i'm looking for for people you can tell if they've got to drive but what I look for when it comes to attitude is more their interaction. If, you know, if somebody's trying to help them and they're having a rough time and their negativity is um, lashing out at others, uh, that becomes tough to build a teammate out of that. Um, so, so there's a fine line between a fiery competitiveness that I'm looking for and then somebody who is so into themselves that they can't become a teammate. So that's something that... And sometimes you don't know until they get here what kind of teammate they're going to be, but we try to make some judgment calls and as best we can. Yeah, so you also have a lot of experience working with high school players before your collegiate coaching experience. Talk about what a player needs to do who's listening to this right now. If they're in high school, maybe they're a freshman or a sophomore, and they really they want to bowl collegiately somewhere. What's one thing you would have them work on that you know that's going to really help them no matter which school they choose to go to? Get experience on sport conditions on as as challenging a condition as you can and do it as often as possible i think the biggest challenge we have as college coaches is people coming in and almost have to break their ego down if they've had most of their experience on on house conditions or easier scoring paces um and sometimes it's hard to build them back up because they get so deflated those first few competitions or even in team trials when we put out really challenging equipment or really challenging conditions and and they just they can't match up and they don't know how to play the lanes. Um, so 
I think that's number one, uh, get into junior gold tournaments, get into junior gold qualifiers, any place that you can offer, even if your house has uh, sport-compliant conditions. And bowl with a lot of people on a pair, too, so that you get used to transition and breakdown. Uh, you can practice every day on your own on a sport condition, but if you don't see the transition we see in college bowling, you're still going to have a little bit of a learning curve. Hey, my my, my final uh, qu- Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, and then I would say that the – the next thing that we really look for is swing lines and balance at the foul line. So if you have those two things going for you, if you have a fairly straight swing and you have really good balance at the line and you use your legs a lot, um, then a lot of coaches are going to look your way, even if the scores aren't what they're looking for right now. And the uh, final question I have for you, uh, and it's a, a little bit twofold here. One is, uh, you know, what is it? Mount Mercy is uh, sponsored by Storm. Um, and what does that mean to you as far as sponsorship-wise goes? But, but two, and in, in really kind of digging into a little bit into the equipment, you mentioned before the importance about really knowing uh, breakpoint distance and, and really length and position. It sounded like that was one of your focuses on there. How do you uh, see the Storm uh, arsenal and lineup of equipment, how do you see that benefiting your teams in collegiate competition? Uh, well, first of all, I think um – I can't thank Storm enough for giving us a chance. I think some of that at least potentially had something to do with me working with IAB when I was an assistant coach at Mount Mercy. And so when we approached them, I already knew several people in the Storm office and, and had a fairly good relationship with them. So um, it was great for them to, to kind of take a chance on a pretty young team that nobody really knew about. Um, so we appreciate that, and we support Storm 100%. They're, they're great. Um, I still know that I can – contact Steve or Victor or Hank or um, really anybody in the office and they'll help me out with whatever I need. So um, I I can't tell you how appreciative we are of of the support we get out of Storm. Uh, But as far as uh, the reason that I think Storm makes it a great product for the college bowler is we have so many varying styles and types of players and and rev rates and ball speeds. And there is, there's never a hole I can't fill in the Storm or Roto-Grip lineup. Uh, there's, there's always pieces that are going to work with this style of player. Um, and then if I have a higher rev player that needs maybe a little bit less core help or a little bit less cover help, then I have stuff that is going to work great for them as well. Um, so I think the, the best part for me is just being able to match up players to their style with a wide variety of equipment. And I think that's true in the pro shop as well. I, I think my pro shop probably does six to one storm roto grip to anything else that we sell. Um, and that's largely because I can watch somebody bowl a little bit and match them up pretty easily with equipment that I understand and know very well. All right. My final questions is along those same lines. So what is the piece then that when you guys are traveling, everyone has to have, and I, I'm going to say, I know urethane is probably part of it. So let's take a urethane piece out of the equation. What's, what's one in the, in the other part of the arsenal that you, that everyone has to have with them when they're going for these events? Cause they know it's just such a great ball and it's versatile. Uh, I'd say on the men's side an IQ tour is almost a cannot leave at home ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that does not get taken out of the lineup. <laughs> um, <laughs> On the women's side, um, this year the, the Roto-Grip No Rules has been just phenomenal. Um, but I have, I have a few of them that have recently got the Daredevil, and I'm really liking what I, the Daredevil trick, and I'm, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of that. It's got that low RG core but maybe a little bit smoother and, and um, 
maybe a little more predictable for some of them than the no rules can be. So I, it's tough to say the ladies are kind of a mixed bag depending on their rev rates and speed, but, um, uh, but we've, we've got almost every lady in the team has a no rules, uh, in the bag. So. Awesome. Well, thanks for hopping on with us, Andy. Want to uh, wish you all the best of luck with everything. And what's the best way for folks if they're interested, if they're in high school, they want to find out more about your program, where can they go? Uh, they can go to uh, mtmercy.edu uh, for the school's website. Check out a great education. We're continually ranked high uh, in U.S. News and, Mo- and uh, Money Magazine as one of the best college buys in the country. Uh, you can also check out the athletics page, mountmercymustangs.com. Uh, click the Recruit Me button on the right-hand side and fill out your information, and it'll go right to me. Awesome stuff. Terrific. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate that, Andy. And we will see you next month down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, for the uh, Intercollegiate Team Championships. And I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you guys there as well.